And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Episode 206 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. How is everyone this week? Still quarantined. (laughs) Still locked in the house, yes. Yes. Um, We have officially reached the point where time has lost meaning to the extent that my already questionable ability to sleep has become... A random factor throughout the day rather than something that happens, you know, at reasonable nighttime hours. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I pretty much, I show up for the meetings that I have scheduled for work and, like, get my work done at some point during the 24-hour period. But, you know, it's whenever it just happens. Wibbly wobbly timey-wimey. Sure. It's Passover, so I've still had to go to work. And, uh, yeah. God, I miss quarantine. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's okay. It actually was not bad this year. My uh, grandmother was giving my mother a moderate, but more or less reasonable, I mean, just staying in character, essentially, amount of grief about not coming over for Easter. Mm. I told my mother that really what she needed to tell grandmother was that, look, she had just seen the news and heard that Jesus saw his shadow (laughs) and went back (laughs) into the tomb for six months. (laughs) And it's six more months of Lent, and Easter will be in October. It cannot I still won't have go. October. It cannot have October. I'm sorry. Easter cannot have October. Now, October is mine. But. Spooky Easter? Counter argument. Spooky, spooky Easter, Easter. Alongside. Oh. Is it I, Claudius cosplay or Jesus? Who knows? People <laughs> running still, around in rabbit still. costumes? People running around wearing goat heads. Well, who knows? As we know from Buffy, <laughs> Jen, as we know from Buffy, bunnies are the most terrifying. It's true. They are. Also Monty Python. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm just saying, why not turn October into some weird, weird, I think I just actually described a furry party, actually. <laughs> that, may, that may in fact be the statistical average of Easter and Halloween. I was going to say, and that's how you get furries. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, My God, sir. <laughs> indeed. You're welcome. <laughs> I've At also least... found myself really, really wanting to make a pie. Okay. Any, <laughs> that's any, the other... any, any particular type of pie? or just <laughs> Is it rabbit pie? Well, Meg has mentioned a green tea custard pie that oh she has procured a God. slice of. I need this. Oh my god. Is it like a matcha custard? <gasps> I've got to imagine it is. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm going to tell you that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where my head is at. Mm. No, I have to Google now. Hold on. Reality says I've got Elton Brown's chocolate chess pie recipe already. I should make that because I haven't yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, matcha pie. Mm, there it is. Right there. Oh, big. I'm sorry you guys aren't coming over, but I'm eating this today. <laughs> Oh, I'm, I know where you live. <laughs> I wonder true. if DoorDash would pick up from a residence. <laughs> <laughs> that 
That would be hilarious. Someone knocks at your door and says, hey, gonna need a slice of that for Alex. <laughs> Kay thinks bye. Dude, there's three steps in this pie. Yeah, but you gotta have matcha, which it's I am crazy. out of. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, and we have matcha here. I know you, we have you matcha poor here. Thing. While I will go to the grocery store near me, I am not going to go to the farmer's market, which is my usual source for matcha. Just Maybe prime. I can just order some online. Yeah, prime now it from Whole Foods. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. I, I, I think my daughter's about to, uh, she she is also experiencing the I have to do something since I'm locked in here. I think she's about to start making uh, her own teas, tea mixes. Ooh, oh, cool. I yeah. will be guinea pig, please. <laughs> Again, Postmates, send me that stuff from Brian's house. <laughs> Vaguely comics related, G. Willow Wilson has been on a Dutch baby tear on Twitter, so I did make a Dutch baby this week. Nice. Did you do sweet or savory? Sweet. Mm. Um, some whipped cream, some pears, some cinnamon, some powdered sugar. Mm. Yeah. Pears. I miss pears. Where can I get a pear? I mean, I bought canned pears because I knew oh, what I was going to be oh, doing. Oh, no. Women. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. That I cannot do. Sorry. Look. These are desperate times, and desperate measures mm. are called for. The dude does uh, ev- not abide. Every single time, I canned pears makes me think of a single thing which my mom used to make as a side figure with dinners, which is canned pears with mayonnaise yep. and grated cheese on it. Yep. Well, no. And sometimes a maraschino cherry plop down into oh, the cheese. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's it. What? That's the one. <laughs> No, I'm not familiar with that particular culinary war crime. That has to be a southern (laughs) 70s thing. Yeah. Oh, my God. We had it at every fucking family gathering for, like, ever when I was a kid. And then finally I was like, hey, Mom, let's not, though. Like, ever This is bad. This is Nobody likes it. It's bad. Okay? That being said, pineapple with a little bit of mayonnaise and cheese? Uh, Yep. Super fucking delicious. I don't know why. I'll give you that. It's the mayonnaise that loses me. (laughs) Mayonnaise in any of these, just, no, no thank you. (laughs) Yeah, you really gotta Eject. like that, that mayonnaise. You gotta like it. It helps if you use good mayonnaise, like Duke's. There is no good mayonnaise. Duke's is good mayonnaise. Duke's is the best of mayonnaise. No. mayonnaise was the is... best of mayonnaise, it was the worst of mayonnaise. No, the worst of mayonnaise is anybody who tries to tell me Miracle Whip is mayonnaise. Oh my god. <laughs> it's Miracle not mayonnaise. Not. There was just the slightest gap where I had to remember, wait, Cool Whip? No, Miracle Whip. Miracle Whip's not Cool Whip. Okay. No, Cool Whip's <laughs> Whip good, Miracle Whip not good. <laughs> Correct. Well, before we devolve into Devo lyrics, <laughs> we are gathered here for a reason. Um, a reason that, I don't know, might be down for pineapples and cheese as part of a pizza topping. Oh, definitely. No. I think they would. No. Oh, hell yeah. No. Michelangelo. Is one of the best. Michelangelo Ugh. 100% does not care what is on his pizza. Yeah, no, All pizza is, is good pizza? pizza. Yeah, exactly. To Michelangelo, pizza is the dogs of food. Aww. This, of course, means we are talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the current ongoing, uh, which is somewhere in the early 100s in terms of issues. Uh, We are going back to the beginning, numbers 1 through 12, uh, which were written by Kevin Eastman and Tom Waltz, with layouts by Kevin Eastman and art by Dan Duncan and Matthias Santaloco. Colors were by Rhonda Patterson, and letters were by Robbie Robbins, Sean Lee, and Chris Mowry. Nicely done. Thank you. It's called having notes in front of me. Oh. It's a, idea. it's a manageable thing to do when we spend an episode on one book. <laughs> hey, it's two. It's two trades. It was three trades, Brian. It's we three, were yeah. 12 issues. Oh, 
You know what? I may not have read the third trade. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was thinking it was only got trades one and two. Oops. So, like, two-thirds of the way through, Brian's just going to, like, cut out there for a while. <laughs> Go play Animal Crossing. It's fine. Oops. Yeah. Well, the good news is that issues one through 12 actually form a more or less self-contained arc act break. Brian, however, I guess, won't get all of that resolution until we tell him about it. <laughs> Brian, agent of chaos, Oops, does not like endings. I, I should have checked what issues they, the trades covered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, we will start with you. Um, because I think of the three of us, you have the least familiarity with Attachment 2. I don't think it's possible to not have a basic familiarity with Ninja Turtles. I would agree with that statement. Um, and so, like I said, I, I even got one or two of the original, you know, the original black and white independent prints when they, or comics when they came out. Yeah. Way, way back. But, um, and actually, that's where I knew him from. Obviously, you know, I had, I then heard of the cartoon and heard of and knew about the movies and how reviled they were and <laughs> all of that wonderful stuff. But, so, I mean, obviously enough, I knew who the characters were, um, kind of knew the, the, the general gist of, you know, fall in the sewer with toxic stuff and grow up to be mutant turtles. Yeah. Um, but had no, no knowledge beyond that. So that's where I'm starting from. So you haven't seen any of the movies? Uh, if I have, honestly, I don't remember at this cool. point. I it's haven't either, so... It's oh my god! It's certainly possible <laughs> I saw, like, the first one when it originally came out, but I don't, I'll be honest, if I did, I don't remember it. I must have watched Secret of the Ooze, like, 87 times in a week. <laughs> I fucking loved it. Yeah, I, uh, this is where my, my dark secret, I guess, comes out. For my long time, like, basically lifelong abiding love of the Ninja Turtles... I've actually consumed very little Ninja Ninja Turtles related media. Um, I never read any of the original comics. Uh, I did not grow up with comics functionally. The animated series I caught occasionally, like if I was homesick from school and also our cheap basic cable was fritzing out in a way that gave us access to WGN or whatever, um, I would catch an episode here and there. I played some of the video games. Turtles in Time has been my jam for a very long time. And I've seen like the first 10 or so episodes maybe of not the current animated series, but the one immediately before that on Nickelodeon. And that's about it. Like, this is probably the thing I love the most that I have just culturally osmoded. I'm just gonna quit now, okay? I'm just gonna quit. Oh, and also I've read a bunch of this comic. Yeah. Uh -huh. There you go. Okay. But, like, that's... This This is a bizarre study for me, and, like, I've got this picture of this thing that I feel is remarkably accurate without actually going back to a lot of what it's... A lot of the original source material, especially. Okay, so we're gonna have to watch all three of the movies and the 90s cartoon, at least, like, as a group or something. Uh I'm gonna have to just inoculate you guys to the awesomeness that is 90s Ninja Turtles media. I mean, I, I am down with this. I, I did... I should also say, I, I mean, I did watch random episodes of the show. I was also very much into the action figures, which I feel like maybe oh, yeah. the most the most platonic ideal of what 90s Turtles wanted to be. It was an action figure factory. You gotta watch those movies. You gotta watch the movies. So how many do we do you know how many movies there have been of them? Uh I don't Five? care. I don't care there are three. I don't care there are three. I don't care there are three. Okay. Counter argument. <laughs> 
At least one of the newer ones has Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, and Stephen Amell. Whatever. Oh, right. Is that, the, Casey, is that the Michael Bay one? Yeah. Look, we're not going Michael... talk about it. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> yes. why I say there are three. Got it. There was also that weird, like, animated one that was just called TMNT from, like, or CGI oh, yeah, one. It was pretty good. Was I pretty never good. saw it, but Wasn't I remember it a series? It existed. I thought it was a series. I just remember, like, one while I was in college. Oh, that, mm, when you were in college, that would have been... That was one straight up called TMNT. Like, that was how it was branded. Okay. Yeah, I didn't watch uh, any of the stuff between, like, 2003 onward, really, okay. honestly. Fair. Except the new movies, and I'm just like, okay, that, that's a thing that happened. I didn't need it. Yeah. I mean, I will say that that... that... Nickelodeon series I mentioned absolutely slaps. I actually need to buy more of it and finish it. That would be a good quarantine activity. Do it. I will. Let's talk about this comic. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. Brian, if you ever watch the 90s cartoon, you uh-huh. will never get like the, the theme song, the little riff, out of your head ever, ever teenage for the rest of your life. Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is the Heroes in a Half Shell. Is that that one? Yeah. Turtle Power. Turtle Power. <laughs> go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Hey, that's the ninja rap yes i know oh boy vanilla ice Mm, all right um so i started the the first issue of this and thought i was lost maybe maybe i'd started the wrong one because it starts right in the middle of a fight that clearly the turtles know and i was like i don't know who this character is and like there were only three turtles and i know there's four and (laughs) and i didn't know what was happening found out nope i'm kind of that's kind of supposed to be that way (laughs) Because you're quickly given the understanding that they don't have their fourth member, uh, which is Raphael, right? Yes. Um, that it's just Splinter, who is their sensei slash father, which was new to me. Um, I knew that he was their sensei or master, whatever. I had no idea there was this father angle to it. Um, I don't know if that was part of the original story or not, or that was something that was introduced in this one. Do we know? It's not introduced in this one, no. Okay. All right. That said, I will I will say there are some differences. There's at least one that I am aware of between like the original and this, which is to say they were not created in this version in the accident that created Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in the, the then we basically we, we go back and we get the origin story. Yes, as part of this. And we find out that during that, one of them indeed was separated um, before even they mutated um, or during the process of mutation. Um, Mm. And that the cat that they were fighting in the beginning, who I did not know who it was. Old uh, Hob. Old Hob figures into that story um, and was also exposed to this formula um but in the process again one of the turtles Raphael, got separated and so when he mutated and woke up and gained consciousness so to speak he had no idea who he was or the where's these other you know turtles brothers to him uh and so he kind of wanders around aimlessly for a while and that's that gets you and they were out in the fight that they started they were out looking for they've been out looking for Raphael for like six months or something now yeah since uh longer than that even i think it's literally like over a year yeah yeah um yeah, because they say something about, like, we've been doing this for a year now or something yeah. like that. And the, the, like, flashback to the lab was 18 months earlier at the right. very beginning. So, like, some right. time passed there, like, three months, I think. Yeah. Um, so, year plus, they've been transformed and have been looking for Raph. Yes. Um, 
So I did not. Uh, yeah. So I didn't know there was there was this uh, again. Uh, this is the only story I know. So I don't know how this ties in with other versions. Um, but they eventually uh, actually Hobbins, old Hobbins up finding him. And since they are following old Hob or, you know, kind of tracking old Hob, they then find him that way. Uh, and there's the wonderful them being reunited and it's all wonderful and that's good. And that's kind of where the first trade ends. The first yeah. four, I guess, four books, right? Raph has met and befriended a uh, college kid named Casey Jones as well. Yeah, a hockey yes. player. Yes. Yes. Who who does a um, uh, uh, kick-ass, a good kick-ass impression. Yes. <laughs> uh, he dresses up with his hockey mask and goes out and beats people up. Bad guys. Yeah. Yep. And Raphael joins him for a couple of those. They become bros. Yeah. Such bros, which is just hilarious to me. Yeah. And then the other person, which I know is a big character in the Ninja Turtles, is April, right? Yes. And she is a, in this version at least, she is a college intern at the lab where this formula was created. And she knew them before they were changed, like when they were actually turtles and a rat. Yeah. In fact, she named the turtles. Yes, she named them. That is correct. Because she was taking art history that semester. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. She's actually the one at the labs when the ninjas break in to try to steal this formula and such. And cause the fiasco slash escape of the of Splinter and the turtles. Yeah. Um, that leads to their mutation. Yeah. Yeah, Splinter, while still a rat who had been given a, like, cognition formula, like, tries to tip her off that ninjas are coming. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, Splinter uh, uh, experienced his own awakening from uh, animosity without the ability to speak, so. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's very clearly far, like, he has awareness and consciousness and all of that, yeah. Uh but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. And then, like I said, that's kind of where that first trade ends, and you get the 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 nice reunion of that that whole family. And then the second one actually picks up kind of two or three months later. Right. Um, Raphael has now been training with them. Um, you know, so he he has honed his skills. And the second one really is mostly about the history of who, not who they are now, but who they were in their previous life. Yeah, the second one brings in, like, the idea of their reincarnation and yeah. also gives us more of the relationship between Baxter Stockman's research lab and Crane. Yes, uh, which, you know, I, I didn't know that the research lab was actually, uh, you know, a, a story element. Like, I didn't know that it had, uh, uh, I mean, I knew it was an element. I didn't know it actually had, like, characters involved in it, and it was, like, an ongoing thing. I thought it was just an instigating backdrop. Um, I didn't know anything about this war before, had no clue who, what that was all about, uh, so I get kind of introduced to that. Um, but the, like I said, the big thing that shocked me that I had no realization of, which was apparently Splinter was a, a warrior in feudal Japan and had four sons, uh, and through things that happen, he ends up uh, uh, being cast out of the Foot Clan, which... Tell me that is not a direct correlation to the hand. It is 100% a parody of the hand, yeah. Because, again, created in the same accident that made Daredevil. (laughs) Okay, right. So we have the foot. Um, 
and he was a member of the foot, but he was cast out and declared traitor to them. Uh, and because uh, he appro- opposed uh, slaughtering a whole village of yeah. innocent people, yeah, Oroko Saki's plan to strike fear in the hearts of villagers everywhere, yeah. So he ends up in the end that his wife and he and all four of his sons are killed. Yes. Um, and we find out that it turns out that they have now been reincarnated as Splinter the Rat and the Four Turtles. Um, and so hence the Splinter continuously calls them his sons because he remembers this history, presumably because of the drug that he was given. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sons do not. We do eventually learn Leonardo remembers flashes of it, and that's yeah, why okay. he's so quick to believe. Right. right, that makes sense. The rest of them, the rest of them seems to, to the the rest of it seems to let the others think maybe he's a little crazy, and this is like his own thing that he's imagining. But he is our master, and he does train us, so you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the third arc builds on this a little bit, and there's some tension between Leonardo and Donatello, because Donatello is not going to buy this reincarnation shit at all. Yeah. Well, Donatello, I have come to realize, he is very much the the intelligent science-based yeah. guy, right? Look, basically each one of them is their own Harry Potter house, and he's the Ravenclaw. He's Ravenclaw, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Like, you know, you've got you've to give him scientific explanation for how this is possible. So, um, yeah, and that's... You know, that's that's kind of the story that we get from at least the first two trades of this. Um, I've got to say, I probably liked it more than I thought I would. I am glad to hear that. I I thought at least this version of it would end up being kind of up your alley. Yeah. Um, I, I will not say it's like, you know, my favorite and I would like run out and buy everything of this, but... But I did really enjoy reading this story. And I think probably the fact that there's a lot more to it than I thought there was um, with this history and, uh, you know, the the feud that was set up. And uh, there's a lot more moving parts to this. And it's like I said, it's a, it's a lot more complicated. I thought it. And maybe this was my own initial impression from the, the, the super early 80s version that it was very shallow. Um, OK, but that is not how this reads well this takes like it this storyline takes things from literally everything up to this point and blends it in together to kind of make a new comprehensive fuller story you think yeah yeah definitely maybe that's why i like it yeah (laughs) it it somehow makes sense of everything that's come before it Which is not always an easy thing to do in comics, because, no. you know, heaven knows you get some weird versions of different things. Yeah. So, Jim, do you want to pick up where Brian has left off with the, the last arc of this? Um, I'm trying to flip through and see what that was. The second actually ends with Splinter uh, being kidnapped after Stockman yes. gives old Hob mousers, which are, like... The little robots. Yes, like of all the things from the the cartoon that I remember, like the mousers chasing the turtles through the sewers are probably the most crystallized image of that in my mind. Yeah, mousers. Yes, yes. Terrifying mice, mice bots. Yes, they're supposed to chase rats, which <laughs> is just just hilarious. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm scrolling. <laughs> did you just describe flipping through a physical book as scrolling, Jim? I, I did. I live in the fucking digital age, okay? <laughs> uh, 
One of the things that I really like about this run is how much it immediately puts April in the middle of everything. And I have the same thought oh, yeah. every time I read and reread this, which is, you guys both watched Castle, right? Uh-huh. Most of it. How good would Molly Quinn, who played his daughter, oh. be as April? This, this April O'Neil, that's the only option. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great choice. Molly Sims? What her name? Molly Quinn. Quinn. There yeah. you go. Molly Sims was the lead on the James Conn series Las Vegas. Ah, okay. Go figure. That's probably why I get I just heard a name somewhere, but I knew it was Molly something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But no, she would be she'd be great. Um I did like this April as she's presented as not not knowing i mean she's a college student and freely admit she like doesn't know everything kind of doesn't know what's going on um but she's competent for who she is as like you know she's a college student at a science internship yeah. so she has knowledge but she's not like this expert and great at stuff and yeah, like I, kinda, the, I liked that. The take on her that I knew before this was that she was a reporter, and she was always kind of on the sidelines yeah. reporting on the turtles. And oh, I think oh, I do remember knowing that somehow. Yeah, like picture yellow jumpsuit, redhead yeah. Bob, okay. camera on shoulder. Okay. Um, I like this version a lot better than that. Yeah, like this this makes her more active and also gives her more connection directly to them. And also less ability to just be a damsel all the time. Yes. Like her response in, I think this was in the third arc, so you might not have gotten to this, Brian. Uh, yeah. Her response to a year and a half later still being jumpy about ninjas coming from her, coming for her from the shadows yeah. is... Fuck it, I'm gonna get someone to teach me self-defense, oh. and like, she and Casey end up, like, she tutors him, and he teaches her. That's the second one. That, okay, that cool. Starts. Cool. Because the second one ends with Casey taking her down to the sewers. That's right. Because he realizes that she knew the turtles before they mutated. Yeah. And she sees them and, and passes out, faint. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is... Oh, it's from the movie. I'm sorry. I love I love all the little callbacks, like Raph in the trench coat and everything. That is from the movie, like shot for shot. And I love it. <laughs> so the third arc is basically them trying to find their dad. Yeah. Um, and and it brings in sort of more of the the general Krang element and what he's going to be doing going forward in the in the story. Um, but Splinter ends up uh, in Shredder's custody, and you get way more of the backstory, like the boys growing up and becoming ninja and so all Sh that. So Shredder is a name I know, but he isn't in the first two. He is not so. <sighs> Like I, like I mentioned, the first 12 issues kind of bring everything together and sort of okay. build a foundation going forward. Shredder is in the first issues. We learn in <clears throat> this arc, so Shredder has had uh, Splinter kidnapped. He tries to recruit him to the foot. Splinter gives this speech about not joining and maintaining his honor. He would rather be dead than lose his honor. And like single-handedly fights off everyone in the foot. Mm -hmm. while shredder watches and shredder's finally like wait i know you fucking hamato yoshi <laughs> and splinter's like aroko saki god damn it oh okay that <laughs> yeah so it turns out that aroko saki has been kept alive um because of his little oh see uh, i read it as he was brought back from the dead really i read it as he's just been kept alive oh and is going to be well i mean later on is going to be the vessel for somebody else 
Um, oh. Yeah, no. I thought it was that he'd definitely been kept alive and young or re-younged. Let me see if I can find... Let me see if I can find the line that made me think that. Okay. But anyway, the boys are on the hunt for their dad and they wind up in this other gang's territory or this other crew's territory and it turns out that this other crew has had a lot of run-ins with the foot and they're really reluctant to help them at first until casey jones is like i know these fools come on yeah you gotta help us out and they end up taking them to the foot's hideout where where Splinter has just absolutely wrecked every fool in the place. <laughs> it's so great. I love Splinter so much. So much. It doesn't hurt that he looks just like Rusty. Um. <laughs> oh my God, he does. Just wait till you see the movie. But yeah, anyway. And you kind of, it ends on the battle with Shredder and the boys finally finding Splinter and, and you know, taking their opportunity to save dad. Yeah. I I am not seeing it. Um, I may have. I did read this pretty quick. Reread this pretty quickly this morning. So, so it sounds like by the end of this, basically all of the all of the status quo set up for who these characters are and what we know of them is in place. The biggest difference for me, I, a lot of it is there. Yeah. The biggest difference for me and Jim. I'm sure has a way better picture of this. I am used to thinking of Shredder and Krang as allies rather Mm -hmm. than being on opposite sides of a war with each other. Yeah. So like that to me is still probably the biggest gap in what I am familiar with versus where this series is and is going. And the thing about this is that like there are no opposite sides in this story. There are like eight different sides to this war all trying to, to win. There's yeah. like eight factions that are yeah. just all existing, and sometimes different ones are allied. Yeah, so, so you know, more like real life, <laughs> where yeah. there's just exactly pe- people doing whatever they can to, to promote their own goals, right? Yeah. 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 And one of the things that I think that allows for, and this series has been going on for eight years, and I've been perpetually behind on it, and have done. Is this still the series that's running? Right. Yes. Now? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not realize yeah. that. I okay. have I have done a better job than I would think possible of dodging spoilers for this book. Oh, yeah. But I've heard a couple. And one of the things that I think this setup allows for, based on what little bit I do know about what's coming, and I've read a little past what we're talking about today, is the series gets some serious stakes, like life or death characters die stakes, um, that I, to what Brian was saying earlier about thinking this was deeper than he expected, like, I think in part this series is really geared to have more emotional heft mm-hmm. than a lot of other Ninja Turtles series are. Yeah. Um, I think it's volume seven and eight, which if if we get to, it'll still be a little while, are like this big two-part arc called City War that are like really the first... I remember when they came out hearing a lot of, oh my God, I can't believe a Ninja Turtles comic did X. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what X is, but I know that like there is there is periodically even still a lot of chatter about what is going on in this comic. Wow. Um, they just introduced a new turtle um, who is joining the cast ongoing. It is not Venus de Milo. I did watch all of that live action Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles series. <laughs> I did watch all of it. Um, and there's a hint, I think from, like, I think it's just one thing that says that there was apparently like a one shot of something that there is now another, you know, anim, uh, a new anthropomorphic, you know, uh, 
character? Uh, it looked like a raccoon, maybe? Yeah, uh, I think she was a desert fox alopex. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so let me talk about the, the kind of the way this series is structured. Because I know there's mm-hmm. more char- anthropomorphic characters coming. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the things that I think is challenging in terms of digging into this particular Turtles run, beyond just figuring out which is this and which is the original 80s comics reprinted and which is something else, because there are lots of different releases even like of each individual series. But this book also takes almost like an event approach to structure where you have this main ongoing and periodically in addition they will put out what they call micro series so like the first micro series was called heroes i think and it was the four turtles and splinter each with a one shot and all of those fit in between issues of this uh they did a villain ones after that they've done a couple of villain ones they've done some mini series like i know there was a history of the foot clan mini series okay mm-hmm. um, i would i was looking this must be i was looking at different like versions of this i could get and it looked like there was some like big idw collected version that yes. had these in it i guess so and that's kind of what i'm building to the way okay. i really recommend seeking this out if you are interested in it is the what they call the idw collections they are okay. oversized hardcovers each of them contains about 16 issues total um because there are so many tie-ins and miniseries and actually a second book called ninja turtles universe or something like that is sort of a more expanded lore uh that started a couple years ago you may only get like two to four issues of the main ongoing in some of these but the thing that's really nice about them is they collect everything that ties in that is part of this continuity and they collect them in order in reading order so it's really the easiest way to consume them i think there are 10 of them now good grief Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, the series is, I think 102 or 103 is the last one to come out. I know that Sophie Campbell was working on 105 when she got the, like, pencils down order from IDW, but it will continue whenever comics resumes as normal. Yeah. Uh, but really, truly, that's the easiest way to read them. They're they're 50 bucks a pop, um, although usually you can find them cheaper on Amazon or if you get a discount at your comic shop, um... You can get them for less, but that's 50 bucks for 16 issues, which is right. really not bad. Yeah. That's four. Yeah. Four bucks an issue, issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and a nice hardcover. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you're basically paying cover price for individual issues. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, like the, the, especially once you get into the third volume of this one, it references, as seen in micro series, Leonardo. I think near the end of two, it does it too. Yeah. I will say that like those tie-in issues are nice for giving you individual turtles' voices, for letting them sort of stand on their own, do their own thing. Um, a lot of the mm-hmm. narration in at least these first 12 issues uh, is just Splinter. So like yeah. getting to hear the individual turtles do their own thing, that's the best way to get that. You don't have to have that for the main series to make sense. It can stand on its own. Yeah. Well, like one of the things is like I, I was some of some of the personalities I was not getting, but I think probably the first one that really stood out was Michelangelo when he and Raphael go to get pizza. Yeah, that mm-hmm. gave me probably more of what I think is probably his voice than anything else. Yeah, 
No, I think that's fair. And I think that was that was sort of the thing I noticed rereading this without those. Because I do have the IDW collections for all this, okay. and that's how I normally read them. Is... Yeah, it's really hard to go through and talk about the first three <laughs> volumes without uh, thinking about the, the individual issues that are in there, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... The uh, the thing I did notice, like you are saying, Brian, uh, those do really help to fill out who the turtles are. Okay, I'm gonna um, go back and read those then. Yeah, I can tell that. you, like of the of the four of them, I think the Raphael one is my favorite, mm-hmm. and the seconded. Leonardo the Leonardo one is probably number two. Also seconded. Yeah. Um, it's very very good. Yeah, it's a it's a it, it's a really well built universe. Tom Waltz, who is the co writer on this, uh, I think is basically the editor for the group of books at IDW as well. Um, even once he leaves primary writing, I think he still has a role in scripting. Is the way that that works. Um, and Kevin Eastman, who's also credited on here, was one of the original co creators of Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I remember um, that name. And he did the layouts in the first arc of this, so it even kind of has that sort of classic turtles vibe on page mm-hmm. yeah just because of how everything is is laid out and, and maybe that's the there were and i don't know how to describe this in the 80s and early 90s independent comics which is what this came out as originally mm-hmm. had a very distinct voice way that they were written and presented and um I don't know how to describe it other than if you read one, you would instantly know, oh, this is an independent comic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it. I remember it very, very much had that feeling. This does not. This seems much more like a, well, kind of like we said before, a fully flushed out, um, comprehensive story that's being yeah. told. And maybe it is that kind of what Jen said, where they've taken all of this that has since come out and put it all together now. I think it benefits from that. Yeah, no, yeah. it's... It's cohesive in a way that, in a way that, like, a solo title, like, it, it, it gets an amount of world building and cohesion and planning that, like, a solo title for a licensed property especially doesn't usually get without being, like, part of a full lineup. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I made the event comparison earlier. That's, I think, the closest thing I could explain it as is, like, an ongoing event book. Well, and you know what, I, if you think back about some other things that have done similar things where, you know, they had their initial run of in whatever kind of media they had, right? Yeah. And, you know, and they ran for several years, maybe they had spinoffs, maybe whatever. And then there's kind of a reboot to them and they get told again. They get the benefit of pulling in all of that additional creation that has been done mm-hmm. to ex- to flush out that universe in the year since. And they can put it in from the beginning. Yeah. 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 And they also get the added bonus of, like, being able to create consequences for all the things that have happened. Yeah. 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 So good. Okay. Thank you for introducing me to this, guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. Thank you for coming along on this ride. I'm glad you, like, really glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, like, I would very much not be opposed to doing some more of these. And cool. I will 100%, probably even today, finish uh, um, Volume 3 then. Yeah, I would I would love, Yeah, and I think it will be a little while. We haven't talked about this on air, but we'll probably some of these books maybe revisit later on, depending on how long this sort of format stays for us. Yeah, a, a lot mm-hmm. of it depends on what happens, yeah. I would love to get past the point of this I've read. Like, maybe we try to get through City War the next time we talk about it. Okay. And actually really dive into what would also be totally new for me. Sure. Um, and where I know some of those sort of big, world-shattering stakes happen in this book. I yes. like the sound of that. Cool. Jin, you got anything else? 
nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I've got I've got a question for you actually that has just okay. popped into my head. You are uniquely poised among the three of us to answer this one. Oh my gosh, okay. What characters who haven't shown up do you want to see the most? Oh man. Well, obvious the obvious answer. It's the obvious answer, right? Like Bebop and Rocksteady. I need okay, some cool. Bebop and yeah. Rocksteady. I need it because they're just goofy. <laughs> That's valid. I don't I'm trying to remember if I've seen them yet. I don't think I've gotten to them yet. I know they're I'm, in it eventually. I need the uh what are they called the triceratons triceratrons whatever they are yeah i need those guys i need them yeah I think we get them eventually too. Nice, yours. Yeah. yeah, like mm-hmm. it does. It does a good job of curating all of that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, I know that it may even be the next arc. Um, one of the next like big characters we meet is oh shoot, the robot who David Tennant voices in the cartoon. God damn it! <laughs> Fuck, what's his name? <laughs> Both just went totally blank. I never knew what to start with, so you don't look at me. Yeah, no, you're off the hook for this one, Brian. Yeah, I'm going to be on the hook for something else here in a minute, though. Very soon. As soon as we can find the name of this character. Fugitoid! Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Fugitoid, okay. God. Alien scientist from another world trapped in a robot body. So good. Perfect. All right. Well, All right. Brian. Yes, sir. The time has come. It has. Logbox book report. It's the Logbox book report. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am reading Hawk World number 16 from DC. This... That is the sound of a million cloacas clinching. <laughs> <laughs> this was published in October of 91. Or, you know, that's the, the date on the book. Is October of 91. Uh, the cover is Wonder Woman punching uh, Shiara. Oh. Um, and, you know, it's got the, uh, the, the Hawk World title under the banner for War of the Gods 16. <laughs> <laughs> part 16 uh, this was part of a crossover event called the war of the gods uh, i think i might have i think i might have at one point had a wonder woman book that was part of this as a log box specifically the note on this is note this story takes place concurrent with war of the gods 3 so the third in the actual yeah um the writer on this is john ostrander and the uh artist is graham nolan um it is a super, super, it's, I mean, the, the art is 100% beautiful early 90s superhero comic. Uh, it is, you know, um, exactly 100% what you would think of as 90s superheroes. It, you know, Wonder Woman's beautiful, but not like the painted type stuff that you see today sometimes. Um, but you know i i I like it It, that's kind of my it's kind of my it's what i grew up with and it's kind of my jive so cool um this in particular starts with wonder woman flying through the air and the police coming up in some helicopters and trying to arrest her and telling her to stop that she's under arrest uh, which she says, I understand, and I will come back and surrender myself to you, but uh, I, I, right now I have to go find Hermes. I have to go find Mercury. Um, so she takes off, and some stuff happens. Uh, the police shoot at her, and she reflects bullets back into them, which causes the helicopter to start crashing, and she saves it, of course, because, you know, she's Wonder Woman. Um, and then we switch to... Um, what is okay so i guess one of the things i have to set up because and this i know uh, from the few issues of it that i got uh when it came out is hawk world is um 
the the big premise of it is Thanagar has opened um a, a, essentially what is a um embassy on earth um and uh Katar and uh Shayara are Thanagarian police officers military officers um who are Thanagarian and they are stationed here on earth Shayara in particular is a uh like a an officer in this um and the Thanagarians have just, at least some faction of them has just invade, tried to like invade Earth or something. Is this part of the source material that, that the like three part Justice League arc that marked the transition from Justice League to Justice League Unlimited? I believe so. Is yeah. based on where they wanted to destroy Earth to build a space bypass, essentially? <laughs> mm. They wanted the Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy? Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Um, so this embassy on Earth is essentially Thanagar trying to rehabilitate the image from that mm. in some ways. Um, so we get these people who show up speaking to the ambassador saying that they want they want their help to capture Wonder Woman and that bringing her alive bring her in alive is not necessary just that she is stopped. And Shire's very excited about this that they're finally taking the uh, uh taking the, the the reins off of her and she will be unleashed and she's like, "Okay, sounds good." And the ambassador's like, "Well, that's fine. We're happy to help you, of course, but I need it in writing." And turns out that these are not actual federal officers. They're um they're animal men from Animen from Circe. Ah. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they they attack uh they they try to attack and kill them and of course uh uh Hawkman and Hawkgirl are there and they fight them off and kill them and <laughs> Hawkman pops out these um uh these blades out of the ends of his you know out of his wrists and ends up stabbing one of them and I love uh Shyara at the end uh says uh um ooh I like your new toys peacock what do you call them and he's like bundy daggers katars <laughs> Fucking cute. <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. That was that was really bad. I really thought um, <laughs> that was building to, like, a Jom Katar joke. Nope. So, um, then after that incident, they, uh, they look into it, and it turns out the federal officers, the, the, the federal government really does want their help, and they're willing to put it in writing, but they don't want her killed, necessarily. <laughs> um... So they are both dispatched to go stop Wonder Woman. There's this one thing I love where Wonder Woman is essentially, like I said in the opening, she's flying towards Central City and, uh, you know, has this incident with the helicopters and the police and all this. And then we cut to have all of this, you know, fiasco in the, in the embassy and all that. And then they're turned loose to go get her. And, like, you just turn the page and they're caught up to her. And I'm like, okay, what the hell she been doing? Just standing <laughs> in the middle of the damn sky for however long this took? I don't know. But, you know, it's ghost story, a go comic story. Um, so, yeah, uh, Shayar jumps out and goes and starts fighting her, and they have a, a, a wonderful fight between the two of them. Um, and uh, before it can get too out of hand, uh, Hawkman throws a net over Hawkgirl. Annette Funicello? And, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and says that they should all go land in this farm field and talk. And Wonder Woman's like, okay, I agree. And then she, you know, they, he's like, you realize why we're after you, that you freed these Amazons from a federal prison. And, you know, now, you know, basically that's a crime and that's why they're after you. She's like, I know, but one of them was sick and dying and they wouldn't release her to get healed. So I didn't have a choice. I had to do this. And, um, you know... Shyar goes into her about it doesn't matter, you broke the law, blah, blah, blah. And Wonder Woman essentially then says, yes, I know. And 
as soon as I resolve this, I will more than happy to turn myself. We're heroes. We have to hold ourselves to a higher standard. And this whole, you know, wonderful. Uh, it sounded like Superman, honestly. Uh, <laughs> um, he had to get and, it from somewhere. Exactly. And, you know, he's like, I. they're both finally like, I understand. And she asked Shara, like, wouldn't you have done the same if it was somebody, you know, that was dying and you had to do it? And she was like, you know, maybe whatever. So finally they, they come to an agreement and she says that she will turn herself in after she takes care of this. They're like, well, but I don't know how we're going to get you there because there's there's lots of police and other things in the way between here and there. And Shara goes, I think I know a way. Uh, here we go. Uh, we take, we take you as close as we can in our ship. Then you take a spare uniform of mine and some wings. I'll sit in the ship while, uh, Qatar, uh, gets you the rest of the way in. And one was like, sister, thank you. And Hawkman's response is, won't the uniform be a bit tight? Hey. <laughs> and they both give him this look. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and she's like, men, uh, I, I didn't mean it like it was, uh, like it was a legitimate question. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, you two are actually different sizes. I thought that was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and of course, because of our discussions, the only thing I could think of was something about him saying something about wouldn't it be a tight fit and having. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I'm just waiting for the lasso to come out personally. <laughs> So. <laughs> uh, so then Shyara and Wonder Woman have this wonderful, of course, you know, she was trying to kill her two pages ago, but now it's, um, look, okay, take care of yourself. I've never had a sister before. And Wonder Woman's like, oh, well, you do now. So, you know, just That's whatever. so fucking stupid. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> look, as a woman, yeah. it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I don't disagree. We don't go from wanting to kill each other to being best fucking friends unless we're actual psychos. And that no. goes for men, too. <laughs> That tends to be more of a male thing, though, where, like, you're just instantly, like, over it. I mean, I'm instantly over it, but I don't want to be your best fucking friend. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's very, it's very comic booky. And and that's that's where, that's where it ends. That was, that was this issue. So the reason I said, I think I said earlier to you guys off before that it wasn't the worst choice because it is just this conflict with them and Wonder Woman and that's the whole thing. Yeah. So, in that way, it was kind of its own self-contained thing. But then, yeah, it is set in the context of this larger War of the Gods, <laughs> part 16, thanks. <laughs> Wonderful. And, of course, that gives you an idea, right? That this is War of the Gods 16, and it takes concurrently with the actual event book, War of the Gods 3. So that tells you how many yeah. tie-ins they had with this damn thing. <laughs> So, Brian, would you say you made the correct choice between this and what was the other book that was your Wasteland. second option? Wasteland. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah I, 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 this was very much more in my groove. I think definitely. Cool. Nice. One hundred percent. All right, Jen. Do you want to be evens or odds? I am so odd. That's a six. Hit me, <laughs> Brian. <laughs> what are my options? All right, we are going into the randomizer here. Do 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 do. I have to do sound effects, yes. or it doesn't work. <laughs> Shut up, Jen. Just so long as I get a nice little ding when you have the options ready. Ding! I have one. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, that is too new. We got to choose again. Um... I had a lot of things that are too new here. Let's see. I'm realizing now suddenly that we're putting a lot of trust in Brian. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to find that box today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm gonna. I, I need to create. I need to create a view of my database that doesn't have anything newer than. Uh... Oh. That is not an encouraging sound. No, we'll, we can cut some of this out once I actually find. I, I have a lot of new stuff in here. Oh, here we go. I've got oh. option number one. All right. Uh -oh. Option number one is booster gold number 11. I mean, odds are good that that's going to be the one I pick because I love booster gold. <laughs> What's behind door number two? Let's give him the bully choice. <laughs> the bully choice. Um, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Number two is Superman volume two number 54. All right, neither of those are bully choices. Nah. Booster gold it is. I love me some booster gold. <laughs> All right, there you go, sir. That's number 11, you say? I did say number 11. Excellent. Indeed, indeed. Cool. Writing that down, I will... You know, I could have come out of that a lot worse off than I did. Oh, you absolutely could have, yes. yes. Great, that means it's coming for me. I mean... Here is the advantage to using Brian's database and not the box. Yes, correct. There is um, an advantage to this. A lot fewer war books in Brian's database. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, that's that's true. A lot fewer. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some gem choices in here, but a lot fewer of them in the ratio. Yeah. I may, I may, I may cultivate the list a little bit to get rid of some. Uh, like, I probably would not have put Booster Gold in there just because it's a little too okay. You know? No, I I think we need some choices in this that potentially can be good. We need that's fair. That's we need fair. contrast. We need to have things to make us excited to read to make those weeks when we have no good options even more fun for the others of us not choosing. That's good. You know what? I, actually, this is I, I tell you what I'll do for next week is I will trim the database. I will create a view that is only the eligible book, and then I will I'll I'll write something. I'll write a little script to do a random number generator between you know one in that number cool. so we can quickly grab get grab them awesome. at that point. Yeah. All right. So this book is from 2008, right? What? I'm assuming Booster this Gold. is the original 80s one. Oh yeah, this is the 80s run. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like 86, I think. Yeah. yeah. I actually have the physical copy of this. At one point I oh, bought the entire mind. At one point I bought the entire original run of Booster Gold off eBay. I was trying to find it on Comixology, so. <laughs> Push comes to shove, I can dig it out somewhere. Boom. It's there on Comixology for a buck 69. Sweet. If anybody yeah. wants to read along. There you go. All right. Next week. There we go. I was going to say, we got to mention what's coming up, though. Yes, we do. Uh, next week, we will be reading Hawkeye. Uh, <laughs> as it was colloquially known, as it was coming out, that is Matt Fraction and David Aha uh, and a bunch of others Hawkeye, Hawkeye series. We're going to do the whole thing, issues 1 through 22 and annual number 1. Uh, here is the full creative team for that. It was written by Matt Fraction. Art was by David Aha, Annie Wu, Javier Pulido, Francesco Francavilla, Steve Lieber, Jesse Hamm, and Chris Eliopoulos. It was colored by Matt Hollingsworth, Francesco Francavilla, and Jordi Belair. Lettering was by Chris Eliopoulos and Creighton Cowles. And it was edited by Devin Lewis, Sana Amanat, Tom Brennan, and Stephen Wacker. Okay. So that we are clear, there are four trades to this, correct? Uh, if you are reading it in the original paperback trade format, there are four. Okay. If you have the oversized hardcovers, there are two. Volume cool. three of the oversized hardcover is the, I think, Jeff Lemire run that followed okay, this. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Super. Yeah. Good, good, All good. Right. It is issues one through 22 and annual number one. Okay. I have those four trades ready. 
and I will Excellent. start reading. Um, and I believe, if you want to read along on this one, that this should all be on Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. And I think right now there's a thing you can do where you can get like a free month or 60 days or something like that. Um, this would be well worth using that trial. To uh, get and read this, yeah. yeah. It's also on Comixology Unlimited right now. Volume 1 at least is. Cool. Oh, okay. That'll at least get you started. Yep. Awesome. Alrighty. Anything else to add before we wrap it up? I don't think so. We would like to, as always, thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can visit our website at panelologypodcast.com, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash panelology, buy merch at bit.ly slash panelology merch, capital P, capital M, or send us your questions about Hawkeye, responses to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or general comics-related queries at bit.ly slash panelology mailbag, capital P, capital M. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. Go read some comics. (laughs) 